שלום ומלחמה בריסאי, הפלח לחנוכה, הפלח לזייס חנוכה. ה-regular year, when we come to Pashas Miketz, in general, most of the time we speak about Hanukkah, comes out being Shabbos Hanukkah. But this year, the way the calendar worked out, the last day of Hanukkah is Erev Shabbos Miketz. And therefore, um, perhaps we'll say an idea pertaining to the parasha itself, Pashas Miketz, as we spoke about, Hanukkah last week. After Yosef is freed from the base Hasaya, from the prison that he was imprisoned in, after interpreting the dreams of Tarai and letting him know how they have to plan for the future of Mitzrayim, as is going to be years of plenty, seven years of plenty, and then afterwards seven years of, of starvation, and therefore Mitzrayim has to be able to prepare properly to be able to store up during the seven years of plenty. And Paro sees what an intelligent person he is. He decides to appoint him to be the one who's in charge of that. He becomes Mishnah Melech. And Hashem, as Mesavim Sibubim, he organizes the world. And like Yosef had said, through the beginning, the years of starvation. And although in Yaakov's home there was enough food, but he feared that the Bnei Yishmael, the ace of those surrounding him, would become suspicious about the fact that everybody else is in starvation and they have food. Therefore, he sent his sons to go to Mitzrayim to buy, to buy food for the family as if to show that we also are dealing with the challenges of, with food so that shouldn't stir up any attention from the Bnei Yishmael and Bnei Esau. But he, he instructs them when they go there, he was afraid of Ayin Hara, <coughs> that you shouldn't see uh, ten sons, strong sons, all coming in together uh, through the same door. He instructs them to come into different doors. And Yosef, realizing exactly who they were, they couldn't, uh, they didn't realize who he was, uh, which is in itself a question how they, you know, the Pasuk tells us because he had a, actually tells us because he had a chasim and zok and he grew a beard, they couldn't tell who he was. Um, that in itself needs to be understood because uh, after all, it was their brother and after being with him for extended period of time when he met up with them, why wouldn't they have been able to figure out who it was eventually? But that's a different discussion. So when they wind up being confronted by Yosef, he accuses them of being spies. And they're trying to answer up, no, we're just the sons of, a, of, a, of the same father. We came to look for, for, um, for, you know, for food. And he starts asking about the personal family relationships. And when he finds out that there's a son, when they tell him, that is the son that <coughs> excuse me, is still home with the father. So uh, he tells them, I want to see that son. So he first tells them that I'm telling you that you're spies, like I said. And, and therefore he tells them that um, what I want you to do is like this. One of you should go back home. And go bring me your brother. And the rest of you will be locked up over here, and that will be a way of us being able to see if what you're telling me is the truth. And swearing by the name of Parai that, that you're, that you're spies. I'm telling you, you're spies. In other words, until you show me that there's another brother that's here, that, that, that's supposed to come from your hometown, then I'm not willing to admit, and, to, and uh, I'm accusing you of being spies. And then the Pasuk says, Yosef, them all up for three days. And after three days, he takes them out and then he changes the instructions. 
Yosef then tells them on the third day, this is what you should do and then you'll be able to live. And then he adds in, the, he adds in his wording, he adds in his words, God I fear. Follow my instructions of that, which I'm telling you right now, is God I fear. And then he tells them instead of all of you being locked up in one going, I'll take one, lock them up over here. That was Shimon that he kept. And the rest of you go back and bring back food to your hometown, to your father, and to your family. And then you can't come back here unless if you bring back your uh, your younger brother. Now they'll be able to free the one that I'm keeping over here. That's what happened. They went back. And, you know, it's a continuation of the Pasha. Now the Medrash in Pasha's Matis, the end of Sefer Bamidbar, brings an interesting uh, idea. The Medrash says, we know that a person is not allowed to swear in the name of Hashem, right? With Hashem Hashem. So the Medrash says that there's, if a person wants to be able to be Mashpia Bishmi, Mashpia Bishmi, to be, give a Shur Bishem Hashem, the Medrash says, Amma Makash Bishmi. Don't you think, don't make a mistake to think that it's mutter for you to give a Shur in my name. I feel of emes, even if it's something truthful you're going to do. You're not permitted to swear in my name. Unless if you have the following midas, if you have the following character traits, then in a situation where you're swearing for something in my name and it's something for the truth, then, then you're permitted. But if you're missing any of these midas, then you can't do that. You can't, you can't be, uh, make a shvur b'shmi. What are the three midas? The first one is Hashem al-Kechatir. You have to fear God. You have to be like those people in the Torah which are referred to as Yer Kim. That's the first midah. The second midah is that your Avedit Hashem has to be clearly uh, one-sided and only towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu and not towards any other Avedit. Just to be Isaac in the Torah and Mitzvah and to serve Hashem and not with anything else. So again, to fear God, that your uh, your Avayda is exclusive towards Avayda Hashem. And the third Midah that's necessary is Uvay Sidbak. A person has to be able to connect himself to Hashem to come to certain Madriga of Dvekas. So when the Medrash tries to give examples of people that fear God, so it says, um, Avram, Iyav, Yosef. Who are the three people that give examples of fearing God? One was Avram, one was Eif, and one was Yosef Atzad. Avram dechsev ki adata ki alekimat. By Akedat Yitzchak, it says over there. Now I know that you're fearing your God-fearing person. So you see that he was Yerlekim. Eif dechsev ish tam v'yashav Yerlekim. Yosef dechsev, and he brings this passage that we just quoted before. As alekim and Yare, that when he told them. That they have to go bring their brother, and that they should, that they, if they follow his instructions right now, and they'll live, because <coughs> he fears God. And here we see as well the godless of Yosef being a Yerushimai. Now the question is, why is there such a big emphasis being made from this pasuk showing Yosef's Yerushimai more than other people? There were other people which also Yerushimai. In fact, when he told the brothers that he's going to uh, the instructions, what they have to do to be able to get out of um, you know, prison and to be able to be out of trouble, 
And and he said as as why is that such a you know big emphasis on being an example to the rest of the world for Yerushalayim? Yitzchak also had Yerushalayim, and and uh, Yaakov also had Yerushalayim. Why specifically are we focusing on this idea of Yosef? So the Maisa and you know Ruben Karelstein has a whole uh, explanation to this. I think he bases it on Chasav Soifer, but. The he starts with the medrash. There's a medrash that says that when Nebuchadnezzar saw Hananiah, Mishal, Azariah coming out of the fire, when they went into the fire, they came out unharmed, right? So the medrash says that he came to sing Shira for Sisbachas Hashem. He wanted to sing. He wanted to sing Shira for Sisbachas for Hashem. If it wouldn't have been for the Malach that came and gave him a smack on the mouth, in other words, he would have, his Shira would have been far greater than all the Shiras of David Malach. But once the Malach came and gave him a smack on the pit, on the mouth, that stopped him from being able to sing his Shira. Excuse <coughs> me. And therefore, he wasn't able to have the success of having a shir mochash of the Dabr But had he not been smacked on the, on the on the mouth, then he would have been able to say stronger, uh, a more powerful shir, even more powerful than Dabr So there's a famous magid from Yerushalayim, Shavsa Yudelvitz, that he asked, if if the Mukhanetza had that kayach for shira, right, and he was able to do that, so why did the Malach smack him on the mouth? What, what was what would if he had that craft to say Shira and that's his choice to say Shira, then why did the Malach stop him? So he says of Mary the Kavod. He says the Kavod wasn't trying to stop the Buchanetza from saying Shira. The Malach was just trying to to, to direct the Buchanetza and be able to see the quality of his Shira. As I once uh, I once saw the. Yahushua talks about this in the, by, by Pesach, that the Chazal tell us that the first time the, the, that we saw Shira in the Torah, well, the first person to say, people to say Shira was Kali Yisrael by, by Kriyas Yamsuf. So he asked the question, what do you mean other Mishnah also said Shira? You know that, that, that other Mishnah said Shira? So how could you say that Kali was the first one to say Shira? So he said, no. Because Shira is not just for the salvation, not just for the Yeshua. Shira is understanding that even when the challenge that we had and that we got out of was also part of the Yad of Hashem taking care of us and, 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 and running and orchestrating everything. And therefore we put into our Shira the, even the Az Yashemayshem and Az Basi Al-Pare. Right? Even when we started off the whole slavery and coming to the front of Pare, right? That's all part of the Shira. So not just the salvation, but the, all the steps that came to it as well, even the, even the challenge that we had, also started the Shira. Otherwise, it's not a real Shira. So that was only clients that started that, that they started the Shira even from the place where, where, where the challenge started from. So it explains of Shapsu, it's over here. The Malach was trying to test the Buchanetza and say over here, you come with this thing Shira over here. And you're all excited what you saw with Hananiah, Shal, Bazaar, that they came out of here. Let me see what happens if I give you a little bit of a patch of the mouth. And now it's not so pleasant because it's not so gushmak. Are you still going to sing Shira? Are you still going to go through singing the Shira? Or is that going to stop you and say, oh, well, I know I saw this wonderful 
thing that happened with Hanan Mishal Vazariah, but now that I smacked on the face over here by the Mala, I can't see Shiram. I press it hard, I can't. It's, I'm annoyed that something's going to happen. If that's the case, then your Shira is not going to be the dark of the Shira of David Melech. Because David Melech sang Shira, although, although he went through tremendous, tremendous challenges when he had to run away from Shalom Melech, and when his son got, uh, you, know, uh, you know, wanted to kill him, and, and in all different types of challenges, David Melech still stood there strong with his Shira to Akadosh Baruch Hu. And here the Malach is testing and saying, if I give you a little tap on the face, a little patch on the face, is that going to stop you? If that's the case, then you're not in the Majeg of David Malach. And that's why the, that's what the Medrash means. If not for that smack of the Malach, his, his shoe would have been a higher dragon than David Malach. Or the wording that he could have said is what he could have, but it's not, still not on the same Majeg of David Malach, because David Malach sings Shira even when the challenge is there. To explain the success safer, that's where Ruben comes to bring the Chatev to explain. That's Pshat in the Medrash. For the Medrash of Yosef, his Yerushalayim is something which is an example to us because what's the Lushan of, of his Yerah in the Pasuk? Now we know that Hashem, when the Torah uses the word for Hashem's name of Yudke Vavke, that symbolizes Rachamim. And we know when it says Lushan of Elohim, that symbolizes din. And here the Pasuk is telling us that Yitzhak was a, was a year Shemayim, regardless of whether he was in the situation of Rachamim, of Yitke, of of Hashem Hashem, or if he was in a Matzah of Din. Even in a Matzah of Din, he was still there holding the year Shemayim straw. And that's the example that we have to be able to learn from for year Shemayim. Year Shemayim can't be something which is dependent only on if I have a pleasant situation and everything's good for me and everything is comfortable. No matter what matzah you're in, whether Yosef Atzadik was being a king, whether he was being a, you know, in, in jail, whether he was being thrown into a pit, whether he was being sold from, 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 person, from people to people, no matter what happened, he still held strong with his Yerushalayim. And therefore, that's the example of the Yerushalayim that I have built to learn from. From here we learn that a connection with HaKadosh Baruch is not something which is conditional. When we start to realize the gathers of Kharajbok and everything that he does inside the world, we have to real a person realizes that in every situation we just grab onto Kharajbahu with our Yurishamai, with our Zekas Hashem, with our Vedas Hashem, and with that as Hashem, that will bring us to bigger and better places because then that's a real connection. With Hashem, we should all be zechat to be able to internalize that and to be able to put it into our Vedas Hashem. Again, everyone should have a fairly good Hanukkah. And good night of Shabbos and Cole.